So we're at the time of the year when it's a good opportunity to look back at the past year and uh, perhaps reflect a bit on uh, learnings, I guess. And it's also good to look forward. 2022 is almost here. So what are the intentions? What do you want to get out of the coming year? Uh, so how, how do you do this? Well, it's actually, it's funny you say that because I've realized that it's even longer term that I've sort of come to the end of a five-year vision that I developed about five years ago. And then it's time for the next five years. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my best friends yesterday about this last night. And he said, uh, ah, that's very good because I have the same sense that I also want to look a little bit longer in the, into the future. And um, so it's the same question. How do you do that, right? So he said, oh, can we do this together? Because he knows I will have a more structured approach to that than he does. So uh, so how do we do that? So same same thing, really. We can follow a structured approach to, to um, designing our life. Now that you're talking, I'm also thinking this is probably the first time in a very long time that I also... I'm also at a stage where I'm interested in looking at a longer term vision than I have been mm. previously. I still think just talking about you don't have to do this at the year end, of course. I don't mm. know why why it comes handy for for me or for you, but I suppose it's a cycle we are in in terms of work, and and there is a natural break mm. for both of us over Christmas and New Year, so we have the space mm. to be very free and. When you go into reflection mood, uh, I think it's good to have space. It's quite hard to plan exactly one day and specific hours to do this. It's quite good to have a bit of time mm. because when you start it, thoughts or, or reflections come to you and mm. to be in the free flow for a few days is quite helpful. Yeah. Having said that, the free flow uh, is not necessarily going to be the key. Mm. The, the key is probably what you say, the structure. Do you want to say a little bit more about yeah. that? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I definitely don't do this just annually. So I think there's two natural moments in the year where there's more space, and that's summer, July in particular for for us, I think. And then December, January, right? Last week of December, first week of January. But I do this a lot more, actually. I do this on a monthly basis and on a quarterly basis. And, you know, the, the more you, the longer term you look at, the more you zoom out. So you could look at a five-year, at a year, perhaps twice a year, maybe quarterly, or even monthly, or even weekly. And the more you zoom in, the more detailed it will become. Anyway, so in terms of structure, we um, we we can, I suppose we can look at it two ways. One is to follow a really structured approach and say, you know, well, what are the categories of my life? And what do I, what do I believe? Where do I believe I am with all those categories? And what are my intentions for the next period? Give, give me an example of a category so that I know what you mean, but just mm. mention a few. Yeah, so we could look at uh, health, for example. That's a category. And you could look at body and mind maybe separately, but you don't have to. Um, I think it's quite helpful to look at them separately. You could look at work as a category. You could look at relationships and maybe divide those up in some more important relationships and and least, less important relationships. 
Um, Let's just stop there for a moment because I think that's a really interesting one that perhaps is unexpected. So when you say relationship, my guess is that most people think about the relationship they are in in terms of a part, the partner or the family. But we also usually talk about friends because mm. that's a really important aspect of relationship. Yeah, and, and uh, parenting. So the role you have as a parent and the relationship you have relationship you have with your children is i think very important and warrants its own category for me personally and in the program that we do life design we we do that so um and then we we can i mean there's lots of different ways to do this so on an annual basis you might look back right around this time you might say well what was the year like in you know you might give yourself a number of categories five or eight or 12 or whatever it might be for your life and you say, so what was it like for these, for these categories? Write a few things down, or maybe score yourself out of you know ten points. What what would what score would you give yourself? And then you set so, and that's 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 sort of, I suppose, last week of December work, and then first week of January. And it's not that specific. You know, it might well be that it doesn't work like this. But the first week of January, you say, and what about the next year? What are my intentions for the next year? And we've talked a lot about intentions in other podcast episodes, but it's not necessarily setting goals. It could be much more vague than that. And you and you give yourself a an opportunity to reflect on the year you've had and to look forward to the year you are going to have in terms of intentions. And you look at that at a sort of a, a granular level in terms of categories of your life. My experience is that most people are pretty good at this when it comes to career. So what we would just say work, that it comes natural, maybe because of how we studied. There was a certain, at the beginning, you didn't have a choice. You just went through school and then you made a few choices around what you wanted to study, if you studied, uh, or where you wanted to work. And perhaps there were a bit, you know, some of it just happened. But for most people that I know, there's usually a bit of a plan. Mm. And that continues and could be based on your interests, your financial goals, um, yeah. and, and your geographical. Um, and this is the pitfall, right? Yes. We do this really well for work, and therefore we underestimate the importance of the other categories. That in general, the people that we, we work with, they're pretty good at this because we have a, a project approach to work, right? We look at what are the goals, how are we going to get there, uh, what might be some of the steps and what are some of the actions uh, how we're going to measure the result all that kind of stuff we do for work really well and what we're saying really is well let's take a little bit more of a structured approach to the rest of our lives too so that we don't underestimate the rest of the categories of our lives now to give an example some so for example exercise some people are pretty good at this right so i want to run a marathon next year therefore i will plan my exercise schedule as in i have a training plan to be able to run that marathon in a time that i want to or whatever so you know or you do an ultra or you do a, i don't know swim race or whatever so that's another example where people generally sometimes are pretty good at this if you have such a um, hobby of running long distance for example i give another one that i think people might be reasonably good at and that is uh, I suppose we would call it uh, a category of mind but it's also about learning so mm. how you how you take in new knowledge new skills so you hear people 
uh, you know, signing up for all sorts of certificates, diving or boat license or 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 it could be more work related so there's a combination of work and i suppose increasing your knowledge and skills in something and that could be a plan as well i can see how that yeah. sort of continues the academic part of yeah. your life continues with mind. yeah so some kind of learning plan or development yeah. plan yeah and so and so let's look at some of the ones that we perhaps don't look at in such a structured way let's take Let's take relationships. So having a structured approach and really thinking a little bit about how was this for me this year? How, what are my intentions for next year to your marriage, for example, right? Having actions and routines with regard to your, you know, your love relationship, um, marriage time, you might call it or date night or whatever it might be. And, you know, where do you build the, in your schedule, where do you build the time to have good, strong dialogue with your partner? This is something we hardly ever plan properly, in my experience. And I think it's really important. Uh, thinking carefully about what kind of parent do you want to be? And um, what is important for you with regard to your children? And um, what can you do to have routines and habits regarding, you know, executing the role as a parent of your children. Um, how do we work with emotions? And what can we learn from emotions? And what kind of routines do we have with regard to getting insights from, from, from emotions or working with negative emotions? This type of stuff, I don't think people take as a structured approach to as some of the things we talked about earlier. And these so are some examples. If this was a, if this was a company and uh, there was a vision for the company that translates into strategy and then to uh, business plans and then to actions and you divide responsibilities and there is a follow-up and you hold mm. people accountable. If we were to take that approach, which I think most people can relate to because we do that all the mm. time at work, think about doing that with your partner for your romantic relationship. You have a workshop Mm. There is a vision. There's mm. a workshop. You develop a strategy. It sounds very hard when you say you well, have a exactly. strategy. Yeah. So yeah. But you you develop a strategy which turns into uh, some kind of mm. plan, and you hold each other accountable, and you support each other. It's pretty cool, huh? That is life design, right? Taking exactly the. Uh, by the way, I don't think corporate companies get that approach well. I mean, they do a pretty good job, but they're not very good at it at all, in my experience. But they're so much better at it than we are as human beings because we don't do this, right? So we're saying taking a structured approach to life, not just work or learning or, you know, running a marathon, taking a structured approach to all of life so that, so that you live your life deliberately so that you're not taken over by the automated process of living, which essentially in today's world means living you know, on social media and being distracted by, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, maybe we're spending too much time on social media because we don't have a structured approach to deliberate living. Now, you're right to laugh, right? So this is quite a, it's quite, um, people might say, well, you know, you, you, you organize everything in your life. And I do, you know that I'm really organized in terms of my life and I love it. I really love it. 
um, because I am leading, I think I'm leading by and large, leading the life that I really intend to live. So I come up with a vision, I come up with a strategy, I do the workshops, as you say, right? And that's could be, you know, it's not necessarily a workshop with a flip chart and pens and so on. It's but just it could a, be. But it could be, exactly. And it does mean that since I've been applying this process that I think I am pretty quite successful at life because what I tend, what I intend to do or what I set out to do, you know, by and large, 80%, it becomes reality. And but can I can I stop you there for a bit? Because when you say being successful at life, let's just stop at what does that mean? And And my take on that is that you don't have expectation gaps. So mm. this is a check-in of reality and it's an acceptance of what is with intentions of what could be. So that's a pretty soft approach. Now looking at the structure where you could be really goal-orientated and yeah. feel failure because you don't reach your goals because they're static versus being a little bit more fluid, constantly checking in, being, I suppose we talked about this before, a bit stoic about it, some things, COVID situation, it is what it is. You can't mm. you can't change it. So I think there is a combination. There is a layer of of uh, fluidity. Yeah. Well, I think it might be actually a good point also to point out that we we do have quite a lot of podcast episodes on these type of topics, right? So success is an episode. Happiness is an episode. Intentions is an episode. So if people are listening to this in you know, in this period that there's a bit more space between Christmas and the year or the, the week after. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's also time to all these, all these episodes are not that long. Maybe there's a few others that people might not have listened to or could listen to again to just to get them into the mood of this process almost. Right. And maybe the number one, that would be reflection. Cause I think we had a whole episode about yeah, that. all that. Also, also that one. Yeah. So it's about, a slightly more structured approach to the whole of life following the way we do this in corporates i think that's a really way of uh, a good way of putting it so that we lead life more deliberately rather than on the automated pilot and the automated pilot is more and more defined by others and not by ourselves right so it's we're leading the life that others expect of us or worse we're leading the life that Google, Facebook algorithms more and more decide that we need to live. And that is, I think, a development that we have also talked about in the podcast on intention, for example. Attention, not intention, but attention. That is a very risky that we're moving more and more towards a life that we have no control over. And we can have a little bit more control or live life a bit more deliberately by taking some of these moments once, twice, three, four times a year to do a, a debrief. There's another aspect here too, which is when you lead a deliberate life, you probably don't get as mm, disturbed by other people's success. And by that, I mean, when you compare yourself to others and think that other people have so much more, you probably cherry pick. You take an area in somebody else's life that you would also like in your life and ignoring the, perhaps all the other aspects. So basically the cost that somebody has 
paid to be successful in one area. Yeah. You don't necessarily uh, look at that in a balanced way. So how can your deliberate living make everybody else sources of inspiration rather than people you compete with or get jealous by? Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I've I've had some conversations with clients about this, and it's um, largely about wealth, right? So somebody that is by all measures extremely wealthy but has friends that are even wealthier and just can't get his head around this that success is all about becoming even wealthier because this little tiny little um crowd or circle of friends they look at each other and it's all about you know who has yeah you, you know who has the most millions or billions and um so yeah so you know life design is a great way to get there because money is only one of the categories in life design and so is work right and there's so much other things that make our life worthwhile living than just money it's also one more thing i'm thinking about is if if you i normally work with nine categories but as you say that could be fluid and there is a structured approach we will talk more about that in in another forum i suppose than the podcast but if you look at all of these categories and you score yourself very low on one category, so let's say you have issues at work, if you realize that actually everything else in life is pretty good, you get a more balanced view of your, um, a more holistic view uh, of life in general, which might actually increase your happiness level. So otherwise we have this tendency, the way the brain works, that we, we focus on the issues, the risks, the problems, because that's how the brain is always searching for hmm. problems and to solve problems. So this is also on the positive psychology mm. account, you know. Look yeah. at everything. Yeah, exactly. And then you score yourself on these nine or ten or eleven. I've got eleven categories now. Um, and you say, well, you know, life is pretty good. Although there are one or two that need a bit more attention, right? So, and needing a bit more attention it doesn't mean you failed at this category in life. No, it's like let's let's look at what I can do next year. To give that a bit more attention whatever that might be lose a bit of weight do a bit more running eat a bit more healthy food you know do some more learning work with emotions uh, or be more deliberate with your friendships stop stay stop hanging around people who who basically eat your energy and uh, be more with people that you feel connected to yeah or maybe you're in a relationship um, as in a love relationship that has been going for a while like a decade or Two, two decades and how do you work with that um how do you ensure that you don't become one of the two-thirds or so of couples at, at least in stockholm that do not uh, make it and divorce what do you do to that right preemptive couple counseling one of my clients has done really great you know nothing wrong with my relationship but i went to therapy what well, they went to therapy anyway couple therapy great idea really um or um you know, assess your 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 relationship with your children, whether they are babies or whether they are adults. It doesn't matter. You can you can just think a little bit about that and what's happened last year and, and what will happen next year. Where are you with money? Where are you with your personal finances? How is work going? You know, what what are, what are the living arrangements like? Do you want to renovate? You know, there's so many questions that you could get into. And to have a structure to this means that it doesn't feel overwhelming. I think. So if there, I think we talked about this last year, I'm just, uh, this is a question that usually comes up, you know, New Year's Eve, 
and you have a dinner party with close friends, what are you going to talk about? And usually you talk about uh, New Year's resolutions mm. or a little bit of reflections from the past year. So what if you put some structure in there um, for for everybody? Or maybe it would be what was your most successful or your highlight uh, category of life 2021? And what was your low light mm. category 2021? And going forward, if you take the same two categories, what is then your vision and your strategy for 2022? Mm. To either, you know, keep on the high or increase the low to higher. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's a great tip. So let me give a one of mine. So how would I approach this if I was starting from scratch? I would probably take a piece of paper and write out maybe a number of categories of life. You know, we've given some examples. And um, and then I would put two columns. One is to 2021, looking back, a couple of bullets for each category. And maybe scoring yourself like 5 out of 10 or 8 out of 10. And then the next column is intentions for 2022. So a couple of bullets, what am I going to do here? And it might be actions, it might be routines, it might be intentions, it might, doesn't matter. But we have an opportunity This this doesn't have to take very long. And then talk to somebody like your partner or a friend or, I don't know, a coach and talk about it and then talk it through. Do you happen to know a coach? <laughs> <laughs>